It is all good. Well, today I have a message called Be My Witness. Can we all say that? Be My Witness. Uh, a week and a half ago, one of the great uh, men of faith that walked this earth, uh, the Reverend Billy Graham, passed away and went to be with the Lord in heaven. Aren't you glad that heaven's, that's next stage? That's the next stage. That's a really good thing there. We could stop there and go, praise the Lord, let's go home. That's a good thing to remember that after life on this earth comes heaven. And uh, we played a tribute video just uh, last week in our services to start, and uh, it was a, a tribute uh, to him that we put around and we put up on a lot of social media uh, about his life because it really was a life that was worth uh, celebrating. A man who was actually known as, how's this for a title? America's pastor. America's pastor. He was a, a friend and a colleague to so many presidents. He was a man that uh, people trusted. He was a, a man that would work with presidents, would talk with presidents, would pray with presidents, would be there as a, you know, for, for presidents to talk through certain things that they were facing in life. Uh, he preached in person to over 100 million people. Through other medias, it was over 2 billion people. His preaching to face-to-face -face people was said was more than any other preacher in history. Possibly, some say, the most significant religious figure of the 20th century. Highly likely. And as tributes flowed about him and his life and many people celebrating, one really caught my eye. I have uh, some pastor friends who pastor one of our C3 churches up in Queensland, and one of them posted an image of, uh, apparently she was working many years ago in an antique store, and someone gave her a Bible that came into the antique store. And when she opened the Bible, in the middle of the Bible was actually a letter from Billy Graham that someone had received after uh, giving their lives to the Lord in one of his crusades. He did crusades in, uh, in this country in the 50s, 60s and 70s. He came to Australia three times. And we might put up uh, this thing on the screen. This is what Billy Graham would uh, include to people that made a decision for him. This letter congratulating them on their commitment to, to Christ. And then he goes on to say that there's some really important steps to take post-receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And some of these are things that we preach about all the time. And you'll notice the very first one, to read the Bible daily. That's a great bit of advice right there. That is a great step. <laughs> and that's a step we should all be working towards and doing in our life. And step two says to pray every day. Step four was attending church regularly. I spoke about that uh, last week, one of our locations. And right there, step three is what I want to focus in today is a step of being a witness for Christ. It says there, you witness by what you do as well as by what you say. At home, work, school, there should be something about you that's different. Who knows, when we receive Jesus Christ, something different happens on the inside of us. There's something that's different on the inside. Love, patience, cooperative spirit. Then tell at least one person about him. We're to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We are to be a witness. And I've just been pondering uh, since I read this about that whole thing about being a witness. And it was good for me because it's a great fresh reminder even for my life to continually be a witness, to take opportunities in life 
to tell others about Jesus Christ, to make sure that I'm living in a way and a style before all that is a witness to Jesus Christ. We are called to be a witness. And in Acts 1, uh, Luke, the writer of Acts, reminds us in uh, the starting of Acts 1, he, he, he starts talking about that, you know, I wrote in one of my previous writings, which was the Gospel of Luke, about I told about all the things that Jesus did up to when he was ascended uh, into heaven. And then he's going on in Acts to do the next historical record of what's coming after Jesus left the earth. And Acts is a great record of that, and it's all about the beginning in the church. But before he gets into that, he actually goes back to an event just before Jesus' ascension. You see, Jesus had been walking the earth for 40 days, and it says this in Acts 1, 6 to 8. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. See, these disciples are asking about one thing and saying, you know, what's going to, when's the restoration of the kingdom of Israel going to take place? And, and Jesus kind of just throws a comment about, that's a season, and, but he brings it back to what was really important. And what was really important was about them being a witness for him. It says two shalls there. It says, you shall be clothed with power. Wait for that. And then you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses. Now, these disciples had obviously been with Jesus for three years. They'd been side by side. For three years, they had watched Jesus in the flesh. They'd watched him walk. They'd watched him talk. They'd watched him doing his miracles. They were having meals with him. They were seeing everything about his life. They truly were a witness because a witness is someone that sees something and then has a story to say and proclaim about what they saw. And they did see that. But we may not be seeing Jesus in the flesh, but who knows we are still a witness to what he is doing in the earth today. We are a witness because he is doing things in our life. We are a witness because we are seeing things happen in other people's life. We still to this day accord to be a witness for him. Now we need to do it in the same order that the disciples did it. We wait and we get the power, the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. And then we go out, but we're witnesses. We're witnesses about the goodness of God. We're witnesses and we have a testimony of what he has done in our life, what he has done in the people in this house, what he's done in changing lives because he has changed lives. And sometimes I think it's good for us to pause and remember what he's done in our own life because there is power in the testimony of your words and the testimony of your precious life. When you decide to become a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a witness to his power and the witness to what he has done. And sometimes for those of us that may have made a decision a long time ago to follow him, that was made a long time ago, but sometimes it's good to just pause and think, wow, I'm, a, I'm transformed. 
I've been transformed by Jesus Christ. I live the life I do standing on a rock because of Jesus Christ. I live with a confidence where my eternity is because of Jesus Christ. We could go on and on about all the facets of being a follower of Jesus Christ and why because of them to this day we are called, just like Billy Graham said in that letter, to be a witness, to be a witness. Who here today wants to be a witness? I certainly do. I want to be a witness. I want to just have a reminder of what he has done in my life and how I live today and be reminded that others desperately, desperately need to know the message of Jesus Christ because they're not living the way I'm living. They're not living with the confidence and the joy in their life. They're, they're struggling and they might put up a facade sometimes saying I've got it all together and my big house and my great car and my great job is fulfilling me. But I tell you, there is only one thing that fills that inner thing in the soul of being lost and then found and that is Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. And for those of us that know that, we need to tell that. We need to show that. We need to live our life in a way that we are a strong witness for Jesus Christ. And I believe that for some of us, we've got to step into a new level of boldness. And I'm challenged myself in this. Do I feel like I nail it in this? I want to do better because I believe it is a calling for all of us. It's not just about the preacher touching the world. It's about the church, which is the people touching the world. It is about us because there's people in your world that I can't touch, but you can. Your smile, your invitation, your chat to them about what Jesus Christ has done in your life can be exactly what their ears need to hear to see them being drawn unto him so that they can know the wonderful life that those that are in Christ Jesus can live. But it's our witness. It's our witness. See, these disciples are talking about this, you know, this temporal kingdom, like when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? But Jesus straight to, to, to going beyond their own world to the much bigger thing to be out there in the world, spreading the good news, spreading the gospel. And we need to all do that. And we can do that because the loss matter to God. The loss matter to Him. They really do. Have you ever been lost? I remember a number of years ago being on a family church camp in the Blue Mountains at a place called Winmalee. Has anyone ever heard of Winmalee? It's up in the Blue Mountains, and I used to always wonder, how do people get lost in the bush? Like, like I kind of half wondered that. Like, you leave one spot, you walk out, just come back to where you left. It's easy. You won't be lost. You Obviously, you're near a car or you're near a building. And I remember on this day, a group of friends and I got together, and we uh, were on this kind of ridge in this, uh, this accommodation, and I just remember looking down into this big valley of bush, and I thought, this is easy. We will walk down the valley and up the valley, and then we'll walk down the valley and up the valley, and we'll just come back to where we started. But on this day, we didn't want to follow a track. We wanted to make our own track. So we just went what we would call back in those days, I was probably about 12, we went for a good old bush bash. 
We just made our way. We made our own track. We were sending people before us to, to literally run and jump into shrub to prepare the way. And we had a whole lot of fun. We found this creek and we went up the other side and then we're like, okay, let's turn back. But as we went to burn, turn back, all of a sudden, when you're in the middle of one of those situations and you've just got shrubs and trees and you can't see anything, you don't know if that direction is the right direction, that direction, that direction, that you're clueless. And we soon found out that we really had no idea how to get back to where we started. Thank goodness we made our way through the bush and we ended up somewhere on this ridge and we found houses and we knew we're safe. That's a good thing. We're a long way from where we started, but we knew once we found houses, we could walk alongside them and eventually we made it out of the Blue Mountains bush bash. It was all good, but we were lost. And it's always nice when you get lost, when you find your place in a place of safety. But this term lost in Bible terms has such a deep significance to it because when it's talking about those that are lost, it's meaning those that are unattached to God. It's talking about those with no anchor for their soul. No anchor for their soul. I'm so grateful that I have an anchor for my soul. And I have it because of the goodness and the grace of my God in heaven. But there's people out there and they don't have that. And they need it. They desperately need an anchor for their soul. And they are lost. And church, we are on a rescue mission. And I say we because it's us out in the world, in our workplace, in our streets, in our coffee shops, in our shopping centres. It is us out there. We are the light of the world. We are salt of the earth. And it is us out there that can bring people in. It is us and our stories and our witness of what he has done in our life that these ears actually want to hear. Because really, I don't care what they're looking like on the outside, if there's no anchor for their soul, they're lost. And they need an anchor for their soul. And it is us who can help on the rescue mission. And we all play a part. We all play a part. Let's interact with these people. Let's throw them the lifeline that they need that is Jesus Christ. When I was in year seven at my high school, uh, here in Sydney, uh, we went off and I think it was, we did a whole week of swimming to get some form of, I don't know, swimming certificate. I can't remember what it was called, but we had a whole lot of series of tests that we had to do at the local ocean pool down on the beach. And one of the things that they wanted to teach us was to how to throw a life buoy. Do you know those donut things? And we had to throw it out to someone. Now, what made it kind of a lot more exciting than what was possibly going to be a boring experience in the pool was right next to the pool, there was a lake that had an entry and an exit out into the ocean. And when the tide would change, it always had flowing water. It would flow in, it would flow out. Made it really exciting when the instructor said, hey, we're going to do it there. Because you actually had a moving body that you had to try and throw this thing out to. Now, I've never thrown one of those before, but our whole job on this day was to get this life buoy and wait till someone came past and try and throw it to them. They would grab onto it and would pull them to safety. It was all under a controlled environment, but it was all about 
saving people. It was a practice. It was like a little bit of a, an extra life skill because these life boys, they actually leave them unattended at beaches, which is good because you might be down at the beach one day and someone's in trouble and you go and get one of these and you throw it out. But it was, it was practice. It was, this may never happen to you in life. But I want to remind us here this morning that when the souls that are lost, when they're souls that don't have an anchor, it's, it's like real. Like right now is real. Today matters. This week matters. Next Sunday matters. This is like game time right now. Because every day, every person on planet Earth is another day closer to ending their life on this earth. It's just the way it works. It's not practice runs. It's real runs. It's, it's life and death. And I want us as a church to be on a rescue mission. Does it sound good? To do it and do it together. And just be people that light shines, that light shines, that we are like that in life. I love the scriptures out of Matthew 5, 14, where it says this, You are the light of the world. City set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, gives lights to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're just a witness in life. We're a witness with our mouth, with our actions, just in all areas. I love the message version of this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If you make light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be open, opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Who's excited to do that? That that is us as the church and thank you for all that lean so well and lead in this way. Because sometimes there's people and they're in the place here and they do this really easily. Let's just all take like another step forward somehow, some way in this area. Somewhere, somehow, just a little bit bolder this week. Who wants to go a little bit bolder this week? Who wants to just go a little bit further this week to step out? Because lives and souls are at the other end of our obedience to this word, to be witnesses in all of the earth, in all of our streets, wherever we are, to be witnesses so that we can see people come to know Him. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That's why He came, for those that are lost. And that's why we go still for those that are lost. Because when Jesus left, He didn't go, well, I'm out of here, we're done. That's the end of it. No, he didn't. The people that he'd been spending time with, he said, now, you're my witnesses. Now you go. Now you go. And 2,000 years later, there's still people and they're still going and they're going and they're going. We're still the witness. We're still the witness. There's, no, there's not another plan of God getting this out to the world. It's, this is the plan. It's the local church. It's the people in the house of God. It's the people who have Him as their Lord and Savior. They're going and they're going and they're going and they're going and we go out. We go out. We see people come and find this wonderful good news. 
this wonderful good news. Jesus is about those that are lost with a clear purpose. In Luke 5, 31 to 32, Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. Let's live life not just about ourselves. Let's be thinking about others. And let's just go to new faith because we've all got people in our world and in the natural, we are probably thinking, how? How is this person going to start to be a believer and a disciple of Jesus Christ? Let God work that out. Let's just be the people on the ground partnering with the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, look at the life of Paul. He writes so much of the New Testament. His life pre-Christ was not great. Out there, out there, just causing torment to the believers of Jesus Christ. Yet, God had his way with him. Let's God, let God have his way with those. Let him do it. The parable of the great supper, Luke 14. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still there is room. There's still room. There's still room. I see nice and full down here. Some people up the top. But guess what? We've got a mezzanine. We've, there's still room. Who knows there's still room? There's still room. Then the master said to the servants, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled, that my house may be filled, that my house may be filled, because every single person, every single person matters to God. Every single precious life, Jesus was sent for one and for all. Every life matters. And if we can just get really passionate about this and be thought, thinking, I'm going to be that witness. What a great thing, what a great thing that we can do. And what a great purpose in life. Having purpose in life is one of the great things. Someone once said the two greatest days in your life is the day you're born and the day you discover your purpose. And God has a purpose for all of us. And His purpose is worked up when we work with Him, the same focus as what Jesus had to bring lost people to the Father. That's it. And we work together to accomplish that. We work together. It's just a great thing. And you can intertwine it into life. This is like part of life. I see Libby back there. She runs a dance studio. She's brought so many people to church and to the healing service. She's training up dancers, but at the same time, she intertwines her love for the Lord and the, the power of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ into the life as she connects with parents and families and she invites them in. And, and we're, we're all like that. We're out there in life, in the world. We can just intertwine this into life, intertwine this into life. I'll ask the band to come now. We do it. And I just think we can all go, just whatever that is for that next step, further for all of us. I think that's what it's about. 
we're all at different stages in the journey of life. And, but let's just take another step forward in boldness, going, yep, I'm going to do this just that little bit better. And sometimes just being intentional, inviting someone over to your home, starting that connect group because you know that, oh, that's a great avenue for me to connect people and bring them in. Inviting people to things. Sometimes church is step two. Step one's a connect group. Your connect group might work better for someone. Maybe it's the connect group you're in and they're doing a social and you're like, you know what? I'm believing this person's going to get saved. I'm going to bring them into this. They're going to meet my connect group leader. They're going to meet these people that I do life with. And Because we're different. We're lights of the world. Bring people in. Find what works. Bring them in. And as you do life, just always remember to tell your story. Tell your story about his goodness. Tell the story. Because he's a good God. I was reminded as I was preparing this about one of my stories about when I got healed. It wasn't a life-threatening illness, but a few years ago I had something called swimmer's ears, where every time I go to the ocean and surf, and for those of you that heard me speak before, half the time I speak, I include something about surfing. I love to do it. But I had this thing called swimmer's ear where uh, water would get stuck inside my ear and then it would kind of half get infected. It was just, it was the worst, most uncomfortable thing. I had to go and get these drops and come out of the surf and this would be me after a surf, like getting down on these angles, dropping this thing into my ear to, to help with it. Until one day, I found myself in one of the healing meetings, just like it's happening here today. And the person running the meeting that day said, I believe that I'm here and I need to pray for someone with a, with a left ear. There's something wrong with your left ear. I was in that healing meeting because my son wanted to go to the healing meeting. I was actually sitting at the back. He was young at this stage. He was probably, it was Jesse. He was probably five at that stage. And when I heard that, I'm like, hold on. I've got a problem with my ear. No one else went forward and raised their hand any quicker than I could get down there. So I went forward. One prayer. Never, ever, ever since have I had any problem with that ear since. Not once. Lots of surfs to test it out. I'm a witness to the healing power of Jesus Christ. I'm a witness. I've got a story to tell. I could bundle story after story after story of my life and others, but we've all got a story. Let's just not keep it in. Let's get it out. Let's get the story of how good and amazing and wonderful Jesus Christ is. Can we get that out, church? Because it's a story that people need to know about. It's a story that has changed my life, but it's a story that can also change their lives as I witness to those in my world, to those that I interact with. Because if I was asked, who knows my neighbour over my side fence here? I don't think anyone knows them, but I do. What about my neighbour over the back fence? Anyone know Stewie? Probably not. Guess what? I do. What about Rocky and Linda across the road? Anyone know Rocky and Linda from Dundas? Probably not. But I do. This is why this is as much for me as it is for all of us. Because I need to be used. I need to get 
get this story, get my story out into other people's ears. Be someone who invites them in, that the house may be filled with just the seats. What I want us to do right now, I want us to actually stand to our feet. What's the extra step you can do? What's the just that extra, that extra bit to be a witness for him that you can do in your life? So think about that. To be clothed with that same power. Who's glad that the Holy Spirit wasn't just for the Acts Church? The Holy Spirit is for us in the modern day church to get that power upon us, to have that boldness we need to carry our story. And right now, I just want us to spend like a minute or two here right now, just getting a fresh touch of that power, getting a fresh touch so we're ready to go. This is where we can get it. This is why Sunday Church and and Billy Graham's letter, it had point four. It had in that last point to get to church. This is where you get the power. This is where you get fired up to take us, to slingshot us into the week ahead, to get us ready. Because I want us to be a people who take every opportunity What about living every day and say, God, use me today. Holy Spirit, open doors. There's people that need to hear about you today and use me to walk into supermarkets with those kind of eyes, to be walking your dog down the street and say, God, I'm open. Maybe maybe there's someone that, that my dog needs to run into their front yard and have a fight with their dog so we can start speaking to the owner. I don't know what it is, but all I know is Jesus was sent for the lost. And today it is us as the church moving into the community, moving out there to truly make a difference. So right now we're going to pray ourselves ready. We're going to pray ourselves ready as the band leads right now. Let's get ready the boldness, the boldness from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit to fall over us so that we can be ready, that we can be ready.